trends Listen to two best friends You just have the word on the strings Girl, welcome to Word on the Straits. The podcast where we do a little thing we like to call unpacking straight culture. Bitch, I also am a fan of letting my fag flag fly. I'm Sam. And I'm Joe. Welcome back to the pod, every bitch. Oh my gosh. It feels like it's been a long time since we recorded, and I have no concept of when the last time we did an episode was, but it does feel like it was a while. Time is a flat circle, but it's also a tangerine dream. It's hard to tell sometimes. I literally just talked about the concept of time being a flat circle because I just appeared on a friend of the pods, Kirsten McInnes's Bojack Horseman recap podcast. And she was talking about time as a flat circle because she was like, you know who like invented time as a flat circle? And she was like, uh, that's what I, it was some HBO show I, it, about the a true detective. She was like, true detective did that. And we looked it up. And it was like, this is like a Nietzsche quote, like Girl. literal philosophy. It's been in the culture for a long time. Right. I don't even really get it. Break it down. I think it's sort of like, you know, everything down, that has happened will happen again is my, I think. Oh, right. Uh, it's like all or, things are constantly have already happened are simultaneously happening. The alpha and the omega has already come to pass and all things are simultaneously eternal and infinite. In a circle in a hoop that never ends. Have you ever? <laughs> oh my God. Why is that lyric so good? And why is that song so fucking good? I think that song influenced me on a deep level in ways that I'm only now discovering. On a deep level, girl. I, I but I do just dis- for anybody who doesn't catch the loose references we're making, it is the Pocahontas song "Colors of the Wind." Girl, if and you didn't catch that, I need you to go ahead and row on around the river bend and get the. I I am agreeing, but it, I mean, we were hitting some, you know, maybe lesser known lyrics to the song. But I do, <laughs> I I'm not sure I'm fully on board with, uh, you know, stepping in a river two different times and it's a different river. Like that's literally. <laughs> I fully agree with the sentiment, but I mean the sentiment of the lyric. I disagree with you, but it <laughs> kind of goes against the idea of time is a flat circle. Technically, the river is also a flat circle. The water cycle. The water cycle. <laughs> the water vendors. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I was kind of just trying to be devil's advocate there. Like, I do know what she's saying, and I, I do agree. I do agree because the water is different. Even when you're stepping in at a different time. Period. I'm. I was being I, the straight man's favorite character to don, <laughs> the, the devil's advocate. Uh, literally, they love doing that. Girl, I did it earlier, but for like a bad reason. That's what I just did. I was arguing with Pocahontas. Like, yeah. Wrong. What did you argue against? I forget. I feel like it was in your backyard the other day for your birthday celebration. Oh my oh god, did we talk about your B-Day on the pod? I don't know if we did. I don't think so, but yeah, I, I am boldly 27 now, and um, I feel very similar. I, I mean, I guess I feel, I do feel a little differently. Like, I woke up that morning and Mike was like, "Have you? do you feel like a completely new person? Like, is your whole worldview changed? And I would say no, but I do, like, I, <laughs> I would say no, but I did say no in the moment. Moment, but I do feel like I I mean I feel like for 26 I kind of never felt anything about it mm-hmm. um and I that was probably because I did have it in six days into COVID happening but uh 
I feel like for 27, I'm sort of like, I am 27. <laughs> right, right, right. Age is really something I wish I could um, reverse and um, fully uh, control. Mm -hmm. You have sort of, that has been a vibe of yours for a long time. Yeah. It's another witchy element of my personality. Love to reverse aging. Give me all the Olay cream and the baby fat you have, but like, um, you know, aging is also fun. And like, I'm here for the journey. Like, I'm not pissed about it that much. I'm just kind of ironically very angry about it. I'm, you know, it's hard to read where you're at with it because you said two conflicting things, but that's right. okay. But you seem to be very um, okay with it. And like standing the 27, let's hope you don't join the 27 club, knock on wood, Josh. Is that a death thing or what? Oh girl, yeah, it's a death thing, but like, <clears throat> it's all right. You don't seem to be like an annoyingly depressed poet right now. So I think you're okay. That was most Okay, like, I, I guess I've got to look out. I don't know what the signs are, but maybe I... Guess, oh, well, one of the signs is a white lighter. But maybe our guest knows about this uh, mythology. Like, clicking? Of the, like, a white... like, a big yes, bitch. Absolutely. A white lighter? A white lighter. Uh, I, the only white lighters I know are from the hit series Charmed. Anyway, on that note, uh, let's bring in our guest today. So beyond thrilled Girl. to have Girl. this whole... I, I mean, this is the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he's a hilarious writer and thoughtful comedian. Uh, let's bring him in. Please welcome to the poll, darling, Sean McGowan. Hey, guys. It's great to be here. Uh, it's great to have you, bud. Sean, I love you. <laughs> And I'd like to respond to that, Sam, with saying that I also love you. Oh my gosh. Oh, you guys. Wow. We really do stand on here on this pod. Um, how have you been, bitch? Like, famously, you also went to Penn State with us, but how you been? I, I do think that 50% of our podcasts have gone to Penn State. <laughs> and that's no fault of their own. <laughs> I've been okay, uh, all things considered. Um, I just moved uh to a new apartment so like the past two weeks have been like unpacking and organizing and decorating which is both something i really like to do but also like extremely stressful uh and living out of boxes is not the tea exactly exactly it's like good yeah it was good for the most yeah it was like fine it was good um the problem is like there's just so much stuff and it's like hard to i feel like i'll like work all day and then i'll be like okay like now I have to put all this stuff up, but first I want to relax, but I like can't relax because the space is just terrible. <laughs> like it's just garbage everywhere. And like you said, just like living out of boxes and stuff. It's like no fun, mm -hmm. but uh, it's also fun like decorating stuff. So I dig that. I think that organizing stuff is fun when it's optional. Like, like do it, like folding your laundry isn't fun because it's like, this has got to happen. And I got to, because it's similar to living out of boxes. You're just living out of the laundry basket until you do it. But like, if you, if you see something that's not like, stopping you from living your life is like a little untidy and you go and fix it up it's like that's nice that's fun girl you know what i did when i moved into my new place i said non-essentials first non-essentials first <laughs> I put all my witchy shit over first <laughs> because you know it's just in pittsburgh so i was moving a lot of shit from my parents house right mm -hmm. but i brought all of my cauldrons all of my little bits and bobs my voodoo dolls and shit before i brought my like a bed or like a dresser or anything 
and that's just me. It was probably a bad idea, but it did really help make it feel like home. No, you I were you were sort of straddling the two houses for quite some time before finally spending a night in your new place. I forgot about that moment in your life. Yeah, well, you got to get the mattress situation together and it's no easy scenario. No, I think that stuff is actually like like the non-essentials. I think that helps you like that's like the first thing that's got to be there to help you like relax in it though cuz like I did the opposite and now it's like I'm like sitting, like behind me there's just like bare walls and I'm looking at the camera right now and I'm just like this is just this is a terrible background. <laughs> like it doesn't matter because this is an audio medium, but like I just there's just so much stuff that is not set up and it's like, oh man, I gotta get this done. But you know what? My apartment still feels like that because we only decorated the central fireplace because it's <laughs> such a statement piece and the walls are bare elsewise. But I did put up a pretty fucking big green screen and this week is studio week and so we're gonna make some fun stuff. Oh, that's awesome. Talk about Studio Week, Joe. What does that mean? So I fully don't have work this week, so it's Studio Week, bitch. Studio Week means work on whatever you want. We've been mood boarding a little bit. I've been recording some more vocals. I've been trying to finish some songs. And yeah, just generally crafting. Sounds beautiful. I wish. I wish. I know. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Sean, wait, what brought you to your... No, go ahead. What brought you to your move? Why did you uh, move house? Um, I think I was just... Honestly, I think the the pandemic probably had something to do with it, but, like, my apartment was not great. Um, I think, like... Yeah, exactly. It's, like, an an upgrade. When I got the place, I had um, been, like, living with three other people, and I was like, ah, man, I just need to, like... I need to, like, get my own place because I felt like I just needed to. Um, so I like kind of like jumped the gun and was just like, okay, I'm going to get this spot. Like, yeah, it's not perfect, but like, it'll be my own space and that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I like overlooked a lot of like red flags. <laughs> when oh. I did. Um, and so like, I was there for like a year, two years. Um, and then finally, I think like just being at home all the time at the end, I was like, I'm like sick of this place. I need to get a new apartment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. And now you in that, yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, so I'm in like it's not a huge change. I'm like in like the neighborhood, like just south of it. So it's not even like really anything crazy. It's just like the hassle of like moving boxes like two miles down the road. Right. Do you have a car? I don't know. I like when you get around Chicago. So like Chicago's public transit is pretty good. Yeah. Um, for like the move itself, I did like a combination. I pretty much honestly did a combination of like movers, um, just for like the big stuff, and then for everything else. I like my girlfriend and I just like threw everything in the back of like her hatchback and then just like made like a couple trips. Well, that is a girl I know that well. That's huge of you to only use movers for the big stuff because I've only ever used movers, I've only ever moved using movers for literally everything I own. (laughs) So pick it up. I honestly, every time I move, I'm like, I'm going to do movers next time. I'm going to do movers next time. And then again, maybe this is just my own like doing a bad job of like just playing the field but I went to the first moving company and like they were like I was like can I get an estimate and they're like sure how much stuff you got I listed all of it which I did not think was a lot since I'm just one guy and uh, the estimate was like 600 bucks and I was just like no I'm not gonna do this girl yeah Sounds, uh, that's a lot a lot I know it's too much for me just get some hot muscly friends that's what I was saying or my girlfriend and her hatchback. Hello. Sounds like two hot, muscly friends. Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's true. 
Together as combined, we're two hot muscly people. Let's shove a bunch of stuff into a Honda Fit. I oh, meant her hatchback. Shit. It was a Honda Fit, girl. You didn't say it was a Honda Fit. That's a Honda Fit. Couple trips. Yeah, it's bright yellow too. Girl, that's a shot glass of a car. It fits more than you think, and I underestimated it. And I'll be the first to say that. You know what? I have stuck a bamboo forest inside of a Honda Fit once in State College. <laughs> Entire bamboo forest? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, a teacher. We went to like the um like the head of the art school grew bamboo in his backyard and we needed it for some sculpture project. And he was like, go at it. So literally me and my art teacher, because like I was the teacher's pet kind of in a way, we literally cut down bamboo and stripped it so it would fit in her Honda Fit. It was kind of iconic. Joe, were you regularly told that you were a joy to have in class? Girl, I was a faggot. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I, feel like I got most helpful in class like six years running. Wow. Wait, wait hold running. on. You got superlatives in class? Oh, sorry, not in class. We actually had a whole ceremony, girl, for the entire... If it was like lower school, you did it. Or if you were in the middle school, you had a ceremony. And it was like... Not a ceremony. It was like in the gym. It was a, an assembly, girl. And they'd be like, sixth grade... Attendance, perfect attendance. Mary Kate and Ashley. And then they'd clap. And then they'd be like, second grade, perfect attendance. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Everybody clap. It was very that. This sounds like a ceremony to me, whether it's in the gym or not. I guess it was ceremonial. Yeah. I mean, to me, I like assemblies as a student were the most ceremonious thing that there possibly could be. Like assemblies. Well, we had to go to church on Fridays. Oh, you did. Okay, never mind. That was a whole different ceremony. That's, that's but yeah, no. Assemblies are. Okay, when when you guys did announcements in your school, like I feel like a trend I see online a lot is like, you think I'm annoying now? I did the announcements at my school or whatever, and people are tea and like and la la la, etc. But <laughs> at my school, we had announcements every Tuesday and Thursday, and versus. Uh, advisory, which is where you would go to your teach the one teacher's classroom with like 13 students. And then for announcements, the whole school would go in the auditorium and anybody who wanted to make an announcement could go up in front of the whole mm. school and make an announcement. So Wait, and, like they would stand in line and it, like go turn by turn. Oh my God. That's, I feel like that's chaos. Like Girl, we tried democracy once. It did not work. It did not work. We had to have a lot of bureaucratic hoops that you had to jump through to get on stage at assembly. Mary, and I am thankful for it. You want to know why? Because somebody one time showed a seven-minute John Deere advertisement. <laughs> felt it necessary to show all of us that. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Why am I being subjected to this just because my peer thinks that we should care about John Deere tractors? Am I allowed to play the 13-minute Mary the Night music video for the entire school just because I want to? Like, it's good art, so I think everybody should watch it. Like, no, this is a 20-minute period where people are supposed to make announcements. News. Like, this is not news, girl. This is your fetish for tractors, period. I think for... I mean, I don't think it was... I don't remember any time that it got chaotic. Like, I feel like people were pretty respectful of the announcement system that we had in place. And the most that would happen was that there was one guy 
who was pretty famous for making very, very funny announcements. It was kind of like a stand-up set. Uh, he would go up and report on uh, the crew team's uh, performance at the meets. <laughs> and it was very funny. That feels like a yeah. solid bit. Yeah. It was good. Everyone's always like, hey, did you ever make an announcement? I like can't remember ever doing that. I feel like I still don't really like public speaking very much. And I don't think that me from ages 14 to 18 uh, was really tackling that yet. Yeah, I feel you. I feel like I would have been the same way. I obviously did it a bunch and I was begging <laughs> for attention. Did you play? I was like, the environmental club is having a meeting on Friday. We're going to be watching this documentary. Blah, 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 blah. Like, can't hang out. Jesus Christ. Like, you could not stop me. That's so crazy to me because in our high school or my high school, like it was just, it was so uh, like structured and regimented and it was the same two students every time. Um, and they were like, you know, the anchors, like just like they, they treated it as like a news production. So it was the same two anchors every time. And it was all like, I guess like the TV club put it up and it was all like, you know, like signed off by a teacher. I'm so sure. soulless. There was no like bits or any like. No, no bits. Uh it was, okay. it was so like that's yeah. crazy girl you're not walter cronkite like give us some but see like that kind of thing i would have probably wanted to be involved in like <laughs> that like the production of the those kinds of announcements like the that sounds fun to me well, like <laughs> wait wait i love well i love like local live news on stage? and this because is the most localized news in the entire world I did love the localized news that I saw at like other high schools and shit, but is this like on stage or is this TV? Sean? No, this was on TV. Oh, okay, um, yeah, that's very much, It was very much had like the like production value of local news, but like even like less, um, which I do appreciate. I do remember like something distinctive is that like, I guess the Pledge of Allegiance got rolled into the morning announcements too. So the mm -hmm. anchors would like do their like intros, like I'm whoever, I'm whoever, like this is, the morning announcements for Downing Town East High School, uh, All Rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. And then they would play this like America, like this super like America montage uh, while the announcements played over the oh, screen. No. Like Windows screensaver level, like clip art, art, yeah, PowerPoint, but propaganda, exactly. That's Just the most fucking much. And John, lowest thing. What was the like social scary. standing of these co-anchors? Like, were how were they looked upon by the high school body? Um, one was definitely, I would say, not socially, uh, like let's say popular. I guess um, I can't remember. It was one boy and one girl, and for the life of me, I can't, I can't remember the girl at all. Mm -hmm. um, so, okay, well that says something. That tells us something that about us, yeah. forgettable. <laughs> Hashtag forgettable. <laughs> I feel like though there was probably not like it was definitely not like oh this person wields a ton of like social power or you know has any sort of cultural cachet in right. in the high school hierarchy. It's ironic. AV Club really tanks your social credibility, even though you know it's a very useful skill, girl. Like, yeah. I feel like everyone's an AV nerd now because like you just like there is tech around, you know, like yeah. Whatever. It's also gotten so centralized that everybody knows what an HDMI cord is. But, right. like, exactly. I mean, you know, I wish that people were more, you know, 
supportive of the AV club people because that's who you need when the French teacher is out for the day and you need someone to roll in the TV to put on Incredibles in French. Hello. Was that français? Was that your specific one? Because that did actually happen to me, just with different like. I love that experience. My French we my French teacher put on the Incredibles in French. Isn't there a scene in The Incredibles where there's a French-themed villain, Bomb I, I think that is, that maybe that is why we watch it. I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. It's like, I don't know. In, it's in five minutes, I think. It's not very, like, it, it feels like a, a stretch to be yeah, like, His oh, name is Bomb Voyage. He's a queer icon. Yeah, in middle school, we in watched Le Choriste, La Vie en Rose, and The Old Les Mis that does, is not a musical. And then uh, in... Torture. <laughs> in high school, we watched The Incredibles. Uh, so, yeah, that's fun. I was... I can't remember mine. It was... Oh, it was uh, in Spanish class. We watched um, Up. Like, that was the first time I saw Up. Wow. Entirely in Spanish. I must have seen Finding Nemo in Spanish like seven times. Oh, it's so strange. That's such a weird, I wonder if that's a Pennsylvania thing or if that is like a like a completely national experience because that it feels so weird to me. Well, sometimes my Spanish, I appreciated my Spanish high school, my high school Spanish teacher because she showed us like Pedro Almodovar's Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, which is now like oh. my, my favorite Almodovar movie. And, you know, it's like, Mujeres and uh, whatever, you know, mm. and it was amazing. I was like, this movie is fucking camp as tits. And it was so good. And like nobody in the class gave a fuck. And she was just like, I love this movie. And I was like, me too. That's cool. That feels very influential. So yeah, I was like, at least like girl was giving taste, you know, like we weren't just watching Finding Nemo again. Yeah. yeah. That's how I felt about my middle school French movies, whereas with the high school French movies, I was like, you could have, if we're going to just put the French language on for right, some movie, sad, choose sad a movie that, like, yeah. this This tells me nothing, basically. Why are we doing this? It's, it basically, she didn't want to teach for a week. And it's like, I get that, but, you know. And then put on a movie that will, put on Chocolat at least. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Chocolat for the first time this past year. Oh my god, it's hot. I remember watching it as a kid and I remember being like, this is sexy. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh yeah, in my ninth grade English class, um, it was. I don't think it was had the same probably influence, but I remember my our teacher showed um, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah, um, we watched that in eighth grade. You gotta watch that one. Oh, was that like okay? Was that another one? I thought. I think that. I think we talked about this the other day. I think they show that so they don't have to teach you about sex or gayness at all. I think they're just oh. like, hey, this exists. Like this is part of the world. We have to show you this because it is Romeo and Juliet. We can get away with it, but this is what the world actually can be. Got you. Interesting. I don't know, but you watched it too. Yeah, and I remember it. I remember like not realizing that like uh, like like I didn't. I remember it was like oh like like directors or pe like people who make movies can like just take old stories and like just do it in their like own like like it wasn't like a direct <laughs> adaptation right like it wasn't like like Harry Potter where it was just like oh this director is gonna take everything that happened yeah. and just, like shoot it or it's like oh this is like a Film style can be its own movie. yeah exactly.
I felt like when I was reading Romeo and Juliet in the eighth grade, I felt like there was a big thing around, a bu- like, a bunch of the kids were, like, uh, kids, my, you know, contemporaries, uh, fellow eighth graders, talking a lot about, like, well, it's, like, getting to the sexy part of the book or, like, the sex scene or whatever. And it's, like, I when you read it, it's, like, you blow right past that. That's, like, not on page almost whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, I know Shakespeare talks a lot about sex, but it's not like he's, like, explicitly talking putting in the stage directions any nude scenes no. no and when he does talk about sex it's the innuendos are so crazy it's like is this even funny like what's going on <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like oh he's talking about the dude's uh, cane going up oh, right it's like oh my god we get it <laughs> whereas i just read 12th night for the first time and there's no scene at the end of 12th night where amanda Bynes flashes the soccer stadium to prove that she's a woman so which is happen. wait is that what she's the man is based off of mm-hmm. i never knew that wait or is it taming of the shrew no she's the man is 12th night what's the one where she's a princess amanda Bynes. yeah i just watched it for the first time like hugh hugh Grant is her dad or something. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I know Amy of the Shrew is uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, I think. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Of. I think that's it. The 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, Googling stuff. Okay, I don't, I'm not finding it. I don't. Okay. Guys, how do we feel about moving into the word on the straights? Jador. I'm in. John, thank you so much. Today, we wanted to talk to you about straight, straight men wearing, wearing nail, polish. nail polish. Girl, this I have a lot to say. I okay. feel like it has been around for so long, and then it went away, and then it came back, and then it, I feel like it was starting to fade away, and then all of a sudden it blew up because of TikTok. Yeah, it's obviously a trend. Oh. Wait, really? Okay, I'm not. Oh, well, there's a big, there was, like, I feel like last week, there was a big blow up around this guy on TikTok who, like, like, dresses in, like, a very flamboyant slash gay slash uh, feminine way, even though he is straight, and there were a lot of, there's a lot of discourse around it. Is this the TikTok where the dude was like, I get my style from Marsha P. Johnson? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay, this is awful. See, this is the zenith of what... That I was angry. Like, that is terrible. That's annoying. This man needs to shut the fuck up. But, Sean, you have been painting your nails since, like, 2016, 2017. Like, just the one. Like, very stylishly. So, like, this was a trend even before the TikTok thing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, obviously, obviously, goth men have been painting their nails black for for before we were born. And many, I'm sure men have been painting their nails in other reasons for a long time. Other than, it's not, it's not like TikTok invented this. That's not what I'm trying to say. Absolutely not. And I feel like it did, I think you're right that it did like go out of fashion for even like, you know, um, adventurous dudes to wear it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but Sean, talk to us about day. your story with painting your nails. Yeah, sure. So I, I, I don't, I'm not wearing it now, but um, so yeah, like you said, I think I started in like 2018, I think. Yeah, sometime around then. Um, and it was a, it was a conscious choice because it was, I remember like being, so like throughout like most of my life, like I 
my aesthetic and my fashion choices were entirely based on like just like blending in or just like don't like just wear whatever like shirt by old navy pants by coles not like just the most basic of basic um so it was like at some point like i think i just got bored with it and i was just like okay like what's something i can do to like even like like fashion was just something i never even like thought about at all mm -hmm. or like aesthetic like presentation yeah so uh i don't know i figured i'd just try like something that was like I remember thinking it was, I wanted to do something that was like, not overtly, something out of like the realm of of, mass, of like traditional masculinity because I had been thinking about that a lot and had never done anything outside of that. Word. And uh, but also something that I felt was like, like a little bit low stakes. Totally, uh, and that's so fun. And you picked such like, good colors every time. Like you were serving like either like, and it was always your pinky, am I wrong? No, I did all of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it was started with just like black, and then I, it was purely just to see if I liked it or not, and then I ended up liking it, and then I just kept with it. It's so fun. I I'm love it. I like it. It's definitely. I feel like it's definitely like uh, like you said, like it, there's discourse around it always. Well, here there's discourse about this dude making a TikTok saying, "I swagger jacked Marsha P. Johnson." She's yeah, like that's like, hard. It's like shut. <laughs> fuck up you look like a every instagram gay from 2015 like you look late he looks late in this video he's wearing that shirt that everyone you know jokes about that every gay man owned in 2016 vertical stripes he looks so late so that's like my problem i think every i want us all to look like you know the capital and the hunger games i come back to this <laughs> i want us all to look like that i want us all to bring our david bowie persona to work every day and you know wear couture every day so i think we're getting there but like you know i'm not i'm not here gatekeeping anyone wearing nail polish it just sucks that i was like traumatized about it as a kid a little bit for, really you know, i don't know i just felt like i was into it Femininity you know, I was like, in general I'm yeah just a drag queen at you know age four i was like i want to dress up like morticia adams in the middle of the summer yeah. So whenever I would like play nail polish, it was just like a little more embarrassing, but I would do it anyway. That's cool though. See, so I, I think... felt like there was like a, you know, attention with it because I attached all of that other shit to it as well. But I was also, you know, getting signals from people in my world because I was also, you know, not liking sports and not liking a lot of yeah, other things. Yeah, like it was on top of the shit that was already there. It's different because the it, a straight guy doing it is like, people know he's straight and also there it the, the the thing the nail painting doesn't come attached with like perceived faggotry or like fairy behavior <laughs> uh and it's just sort of like look at it's just like a thing that he does or whatever whereas with like whereas like a nail painting for like a gay band or like a tiny fountain boy is probably a one more thing in a long line of things that are like getting him called out as being gay vibe yeah like it's it's interesting because like i think that's like what you were saying joe is like so much stronger because it was like it was never like like the story was never like oh i've wanted to paint my nails since you know i was 11 but like it was i never like had the courage to do it like it's not like that like it was yeah. weird it was it was almost like reverse engineered where it was just like oh like i you know i know like I'm, i know i'm straight and i like have all these things but i'm just like I've just had the same boring style that's been like dictated. Let me, by... let me try to feel the fantasy. Yeah, so like let me just try like I don't know, just try the same. But I like I see that's where 
like kind of what you were saying that like i don't know like there's like that line between appropriation and like gatekeeping you know or something like this straight a straight guy saying that what was it that he like swagger jack marsha p johnson is like oh, swagger jack is my what um, <laughs> it's like yeah. It's a true train wreck of a phrase. Like, I, I can't believe I did. I can't believe I put that on an airwave. I apologize, everyone. But this this TikTok is really annoying. This kid is like, but he's trying to be like, he thinks he's being a like an ally or like a good person. He's like telling everyone about Marsha P. Johnson like she's not a legend already. You know, it's yeah. like this boy being like, I don't. It's like, I actually want everyone to know that, like, I base my style on this iconic Black trans woman, Marsha P. Johnson. It's like, we know who she is. Hey, you don't look anything like her, girl. She, she would run circles around you. But it's yeah. just like, I get, your, I get your 16. I get you don't know better, but shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, I think that there is, like, I mean, it's, I, have, I have conflicting feelings about this, like, with a lot of stuff that's similar to this. And I feel like what he's trying to say, or what he has said, is that, like, if once straight men like paint their nails or like call their like their girlfriend partner instead of girlfriend or whatever like they it's all about like making it acceptable for like the queer people to do it or like to make it so that pe trans people aren't the only people who have their pronouns in the bio and that sort of thing um so and like i feel conflicted about that because like i really like people straight people calling their significant other their partner does just still feel weird to me even though that's probably that's like internalized homophobia on some level um but i think it's like an interesting uh train of thought even though it I, all feels petty still i don't know it all feels like they're catering to queer culture when it's like the are even what's happening i don't know you mean like nick all jonas the changing yeah trying just like appealing to gay people or what do you mean um no like saying partner to someone because you don't know their sexuality it's like if you refer to your person as your husband who the fuck like who am i to tell you any different <laughs> Like, it's your fucking marriage, you know? Like, yeah. But, like, I, I can <laughs> understand the, like, uh, wanting to make it okay for anybody to say these okay, things. Partner or not. Yeah. Husband, I guess. Yeah. But it's, like, if it's okay for them to say partner, it should be okay for your straight cis ass to say husband. Yeah. And it if is. It wants to, you know? But, uh, yeah, I guess it she, is. And, like, I, and I think that people doing that come from a place of knowing that it is okay, but if somebody would want to say, because like partner obviously has like connotations, but there's like value in it no longer having them. It just feels like so neoliberal, like I'm doing this for me, yeah. not really for you. For sure. I mean, this is like bottom, like skimming <laughs> off the top of like, this is, I mean, it's not activism. Yeah. A, this is the most privileged scenario. All these people are married and we're talking about what they can call each other. It's like, fuck this. I hate all these people anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it just goes, like, like, does like, if the goal is to like normalize partner the way like when queer people say it, like is it helping at all if straight people are referring to them each other as partner and like i don't think it is like yeah i don't, I know, think I don't know right I, if you want to use that word if you like that word better than husband if if some people like gender neutral terms even if they're straight go for partner i guess i can't shit on them too hard for that because gender neutral terms are fun mm -hmm. but like yeah some people it's like hey i don't care call her judy call her her fucking name or whatever right. her name is this is and my it, it's like a euphemism yeah 
I do feel like, I also feel like it's like, I don't really care if partners are neutral. I want gay people to stop dying. <laughs> like, right. like, and I, I know that that's like an unfair, that's like an unfair, like, changing of stakes or whatever. And like, obviously that's something someone can control versus something they can't control. But yeah. it does just, it. this is just another thing where I'm like, I don't care about conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. like straight men wearing nail polish. Put, like, make sure you have some remover if you don't like, if it's not your color. I don't know, you know? <laughs> It definitely goes back to what you were saying about the neoliberalism thing, where it's like the label is more important than like, you know. Yeah, it's for the problem. person using the label and not the person who actually the label belongs to most of the time to make them feel comfortable because the person who needs the label has already been mislabeled six times today by some ignorant bitch. I don't know. Yeah. And I, I mean, like for me, painting my nails, I've only ever had my nails painted once. And I was like four years old and my sister, or maybe I was like six years old. I don't know. But I, I was in my sister's bedroom and she was getting her nails painted by my mom. And then I was like, can I have my nails painted? And they were like, sure. And then it happened. And then as soon as it was done, I looked at my nails and I was like, I want this off. I don't like it. <laughs> and I never have painted my nails ever again. That's amazing. Your sister's nail polish knowledge is legendary true she really? my sister loves nail polish and owns like an untold number of the whatever they're called the capsules of it i'm surprised uh, she's not on p more pr lists like the girl you can like and she knows it to the you can like show her a picture of the color and she can like name the like primrose sunset like yeah especially for like certain like she knows essie down pat yeah like the essie brands she knows it's fine oh, whoa. okay I think it's so funny the way uh, nail polishes are like marketed, like the names of some of them that like, I got a kick out of it when I was like first starting to like, uh, like look at them and like buy them. Um, really funny names. OPI specifically are like yeah. absolutely off the wall. <laughs> like they're not even colors. It sounds like someone is just like. Yeah, it's like almost a whole movie script. Like <laughs> it's, and it's all like what? They're all just like vibes or like images. Yeah, like what were yours called? Um, one, one was called "You're Such a Budapest," and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> I don't know. Like it's like a lilac color, and I like it a lot. I wear it often, but um, like it's called "You're Such a Budapest," and it's they like really try to tell a story. Yeah, it's like not even a. I just I just googled it. I pulled up a green OPI nail polish called "I'm So Swamped" with three O's. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I want it though. You know, like I do want it. <laughs> okay, but you know what? These straight men on TikTok, girl. I saw an Instagram ad the other day with a man who appeared, you know, very cis straight presenting. Girl, he had French tips. Wow. And it was the most attractive thing I'd ever seen. And I it, it really fucked up my brain. I was like, I have worn French tips in drag, you know? But I've never seen, like, someone fully presenting male wearing French tips. Yeah. I'm... And I was like, oh, my God, why do I like this? Like, I feel like they look better on men. Like, I don't <laughs> get it. But, and it wasn't even, like, a very long, like, Carmela French tip. It was, like, a short... It was mind-boggling french tip is like I the hate white it. line at yes, the end it's like the teeny white line at the end of your nail yeah i've i've never actually got my nails done at all like ever professionally in like any capacity oh, yeah? i've only done it myself 
I've gotten a cut like once or one or two like real real manicures. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I see here. It's it's like a great experience. Oh hell yeah! I've mainly done well. I I guess I have gotten like hand massage, not so much doing my nails, but I've gotten like got not the cream, like a pop coat, and like the you know like a massage and like an exfoliate of your little nail beds. No, I mean I've, the main thing I've done is like cuticle care mm -hmm. and clipping. I clip my nails literally every six days eight days i just have to do it i can't have them grow like honestly they're like look at this this is like too long for me oh wow do they're you, like a centimeter them? like if they'll grow do you like pick them or bite them or anything like no that? i thankfully i don't bite them at all but like if they go past like a very short point i clip them as soon as i can I got you. So, because I also, that's a really bad habit of mine is that I pick my nails, um, which was another plus from the nail polish because it helps stop that. This is true. Which is like also something for everyone. That's true. Yeah. What colors did you reach for after you branched out from black? You're such a Budapest. Um, You're such a Budapest batch. You're such a Buddha batch. Was the first one, which is just like, like a lilac purple. And then, I don't know, I got a bunch. I like tried... I feel like I, I tried, I remember getting like a couple different ones, but only ever like, kind of like the same thing with like clothes. Like, you know, you have a bunch of shirts, but you just wear the same like three or four, at least for me, like the yeah. same deal. I've got a bunch of stuff that I just don't ever wear. So it's just like a bluish purple, a black, and like this, I guess, orangish one, like a peach. Mm -hmm. I guess. Lovely. Yeah. The essentials, the essentials. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I mean, especially this past year, I've definitely been um, wearing the exact same thing over and over. Uh, but as, I mean, I it's, I feel like my, especially now that it's warm out, I'm able to move back into my cartoonish uh, outfit where I wear the same thing every day. Come and on. that is a white tee with a pair of athletic shorts on the bottom. And it looks great. And you know what? I never have to wear anything else. That is a great look for you. It truly is. I've been wearing my Nightmare Before Christmas sweatshirt for the past year. Nice. True. Not even a joke. Like, nice. full stop. Jack Skellington on my buddy. Okay, okay. So that's like, I'm I'm picturing like a full-on Hot Topic, like... Oh, Sean, it's right it's, here. Just give it's me a me. huge face. Okay. I was going to get it. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely a look. Joe's owned it for like, since he was like two feet shorter than he is currently um <laughs> jk it's out in the living room but sean i will show you it's, it's no well that's my question like was this was this like an artifact you've had since like, yeah. like middle high school and then i'm just continuing to it, or is this something you were like i'm going to buy this now okay <clears throat> yeah it was like i got it in oh my god the seventh grade maybe even before like and joe was not his iconically tall self until like the 11th grade oh really yeah. So I, yes, I was a late bloomer girl. I was really not shooting up there into the sky until sophomore year of high school. And so this sweatshirt does not fit me, but it is so fierce <laughs> that I just have to wear it. It's like a cropped sweatshirt almost now. Nice. Oh, that reminds me that this is something else I want to talk about because I feel like men wearing nail polish is the same thing where like every couple, every like year, there's like uh, some tweet will go viral or it used to be a Tumblr post where like, they're like, men should wear crop tops this summer. <laughs> like wow. they have oh to, God, say yeah. men, please go back to wearing crop tops. And then oh. nobody ever does it. Um, but I, I feel like it's the same thing where like it's begging or praising men for like showing a sliver of femininity. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it's, it's like, I wish I lived in the 80s so I could just look at all the dudes in the short crop shirts. Yeah. It was such a vibe. It's funny. I've I've, it's, I've almost like seen it go, uh, maybe not for that specifically, but there's definitely, you're right, there's definitely that viral, like, men should do this. But then I think there's also what is like, uh, like the, it becomes like the straight guy. Like I've definitely like seen like an, another like viral tweets and be like, oh, like guys, just because you like wear like guys, straight guys who wear nail polish, like don't trust them. Like there's the worst one. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's just like pr- like they're presenting it, but they're actually still just like douchebags or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's both ways. To quote yeah, Samantha from the most recent episode of Sex in the City I watched, honey, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> and that's a, that is a good rule of thumb, Samantha. That is a good thumb. I don't know. I've only seen I haven't seen an episode of Sex in the City, just the Sex in the City 2 movie, which I think all of us watched together in college. If I, I don't know if I've seen it. Is this I haven't Dubai seen one? it, but I did go to a Sex in the City themed party. Oh yeah, I was Samantha. Wait, was this like a froth movie or something? I think so, yeah. I just remember, maybe we didn't watch it. Maybe it was just like on in the background at like a party and I remember being like, what is this? And then someone being like, this is Sex in the City too. And then I watched part of it. Anyway, this is all to say, this is a long backwards way of me saying that last night uh, I was with some friends and we watched, I guess it just turned into a YouTube party and someone threw on like uh, the best of like Samantha Jones, like, <laughs> like just a super cut. She really goes all is odd. Like I yeah. she's all <laughs> like, no, like are not even innuendos. They're just like her being like, well, more like fucking like yeah. <laughs> she I mean it's incredible and she still she, she sells it every time. She mm-hmm. is like a cartoon character on the level of Jenna Maroney, and I love and the it. Realness, I'm, the realness. That's such a good comparison. Oh and my god. I, and I'm making yeah. my way through Sex and the City for the first time right now, and it is a delight, even though it like because it, like it's obviously has aged so poorly and oh, terribly. Yeah. In every single episode, they say something that is like what, uh, but <laughs> I mean, it is still extremely entertaining. And, yeah, yeah, it's really really ridiculous. Like, Charlotte just got in drag. Speaking of which, Sean have we need to put you in drag. See, that's the thing. No one can come for your nail polish if your look is perfect so has your nail polish influenced your look in any way like have you stepped out into the fashion world have you put on a wig yeah (laughs) have you put on a lace front wig mom i've not put on a wig um it has a little bit like there have definitely been things again like the reason the nail polish started in the first place is because i've worn the same like style just had the same general look my old navy yeah exactly since like high school um and it has like started to i think for the most part I'm still like probably couched in that like basic like like you're just looking at that guy and that could just be like any guy. Um, but I did uh, I did get started getting like ear piercings a little bit, so I started oh, doing. Wow. That. Um, and then I just got this shirt that's like bright. It's this like Hellraiser shirt that um, yes. Squirm. I don't know if you guys. I've not seen Hellraiser, but I know the reference. Yeah, so this like comedian I really like. She designed it. And uh, it's like just super fucked up shirt, and that like I don't think Sean like two years ago probably would have worn because it'd been like that's too much for him. So like small stuff like that, but I think for the most part I'm definitely not like I'm not I'm not at like a level where it's like oh yeah this guy is like 
heads are turning. Like that guy has a look. Like, Hellraiser T yeah. is pretty fierce. The Hellraiser T is dope. I do love it. That's fashion is hard, especially because like it like part of fashion is constantly having to update it for yourself, and it could be hard to like build out an aesthetic when you're starting from square zero. Uh, I feel like the most I've expanded into that is like I I really like like bright colors, and I'm trying to like pop like that. But then it's like I also primarily revert back to wearing just like grays and blacks, and like I was looking at my Instagram uh, recently, and the last like the whole like past year on my Instagram feed is literally all of them. I'm in a gray or beige or blue or black tee or shirt and generally on top, just like nothing beyond that. Uh, and that's kind of an aesthetic, but it's not yeah. where I want to be ultimately. Right. I think, I think that is a good, like, I mean, those are the staples, right? Like I can't, you know, you can't go wrong with those. For sure. Uh, I know. I, but it's, I do feel like, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, aesthetics are hard. And it's like all, you know, it's a fun game to play to gyrate between what you want to be and what you actually look like and some find some happy medium in the middle. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's yeah. like the fun of it, you know? It's a, it's like execution is, does make it, you know, a little unpredictable. <laughs> like you want to look like Samantha Jones, but girl, you end up looking like. Plus, well, I just feel like it's so easy. I feel like it, to dress in all neutrals is not like a choice. It's just like it's easy and like, yeah, it'll look good. But like, you're not saying anything other than like, I'm hot, which is a message that sometimes you want to put out there. But exactly. I, like to do it so repetitively over and over and over again at that point is not a choice. It's just like, that's all you that's all I have. Do you guys remember that that um, houndstooth jacket I would wear to parties at State College that had like, um, gold and yeah, like a bunch of different patterns on it. Yeah, it's my say something jacket. I wore it the other day. My neighbors were sitting on the porch. They were like, "Oh my god, I love that jacket." I said, "It's my say something jacket." Because when you wear it, someone says something. Exactly, but it's like I was like, I don't have anywhere to wear this. I only wear it to parties because you know it's not comfortable or practical. It just looks cool. That's but a good I reason. Wore, I wore it to Sam's backyard for his birthday party. Yeah, how was your birthday, Sam? And your anniversary? Oh my gosh, what, what a what a damn week. Uh, it was great. No, uh, birthday party was flawless. Uh, went and picked up a pizza. My pals came over. We all sat in a circle a little far away from each other out in my backyard. Uh, Joe furnished us a cake, which was amazing, and I still have half of it. Need to eat that. that cake is lit. Nice. Yeah. And my mom had recently sent me an order of six different ice cream flavors, so I was we we sampled some of those. Um, but we kind of just sat around and talked. And then at night, I, while well, I invited everybody to go see Raya in the Last Dragon at the drive-in near Pittsburgh, uh, only me and my boyfriend went, and we had a fine time watching that okay movie. Uh, <laughs> and, it. Hmm? Should I watch it? Um, I would not go out of your way. No. <laughs> okay. No. Um, but and for the anniversary, what do we even do with the day of the anniversary? Probably. Why can't I remember? Um, oh, we grilled stuff out in our out of the backyard as well. Uh, it was very nice. Got to be grilled. And on my for my actual birthday. Uh, they, uh, which was a Friday night, uh, we got sandwiches, and I took NyQuil at 10 p.m. 
Someone. That's a good birthday. I liked it. Yeah, that's a real vibe. Pisces yeah. birthdays can really, you know, they can go anyway. Is yeah. it, is, are you wait? You're a Pisces, Sam. Are you we also? Both are. You guys both are. Wait, when's your birthday, Joe? March fourth. I'm at the other end of the. Oh. Your birthday's coming up, right, Sean? No, mine's in January. Oh, what am I oh. thinking of? I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> what sign are you? Uh, yeah, I'm Aquarius. Cool. But I don't know. I don't know anything about astrology. I'll be honest. What a bringa. Yeah, but but isn't Aquarius randomly like? Oh, an air sign. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I was told. Which also can, which I remember confusing me because I'm, I thought his like Holsteins was like water. Right. You're the water bringer. We are fish. We live in the water. You're still a human. Mm. Oh, this this goes back to the water cycle that we did, were discussing earlier. Very that. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I don't know a lot about Aquarius. Sean, what's your birthday? I'll look it up in the big book. Uh, January twenty seventh. I'll look it up in the big book. Later, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, later. Much right now, later. Yeah. Um, we we totally pod. shift into being in uh, yeah. astrology pod. Yeah, I will say, like, I don't know anything about astrology. Um, Look, I, we talk about it, and we're like, what sign are you? And then the, our guest will be like, it's this. And then we're like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. Oh, my God, what the fuck is a Capricorn? <laughs> I, I will say that every, like, my, like, source of information on astrology, which is probably not a good source, is, like, Twitter. So, like, I'll mm. just and I'll always see like I'll always see like certain signs there's like oh all Scorpios are like this and it's never Aquarius so I don't think it's like a very popular one I guess and they're always like <laughs> and this is maybe bad or like like they're all like like really like they look like crazy people like they're always like it's like, <laughs> like oh every Capricorn is like this every Sagittarius is like this and it's like four images of like people losing their minds like crying <laughs> or like screaming or it's like Travis Scott waving the microphone stand <laughs> I can't I don't know the difference between all these it's all just sound like very like right well it's, like, they try to paint people at their extremes maybe Okay. But yeah. it's also just like, well, like the intent on this tweet is to get people to retweet it. So they need to make it as relatable as possible to every single possible Leo or Aquarius or whatever. And it's ultimately like all people contain all of these different facets. They just have them in different degrees. And so like if they even like partially relate to this like dancing Tina Belcher gif, like it's like, that's me. I'm a Libra. Right. It's like... My Libra is entering the third house. This is so me. It's like, you know, it can really be retweeted by anyone. Yeah. You're right. You guys are right. Like, no, astrology really is also just like, girl, whatever you need it to be today, it can be that. Right. <laughs> it can be something to meditate on or it can be future telling, you know. it's. Yeah. I, I think it's fun. Totally. No, totally. Yeah, well, honey, my roommates got me in. She got me a Pisces candle from this YouTube psychic. She's got me into <laughs> this YouTube psychic is iconic. She makes these videos and it's like, pick one crystal. And there's like four crystals on the screen. And then she'll do this thing. She'll literally get a deck of, like, she has like six decks of tarot cards. And she's like, if you pick the blue crystal and then like, if a card falls, she's like, you guys, they're telling me you're, they're telling me you're going to die. And it's like, oh no. And she does a reading for each crystal. Yeah, based on which like, one you picked yeah she's like if you pick the clear selenite um this is for you and she's like if a card falls out she'll read it and she'll be like listen girl this this means love is coming your way and i'm obsessed with it 
that's cool i know i like kind of want to do it yeah the the um tarot card readings i think are actually pretty fascinating i really enjoy those have i ever did i ever do you no oh my god we we should do a reading we can do a read and an e-reading we'll do a live on instagram oh that'd be fun <laughs> That audience. would be good if you that did. Would be fun. No, you should do Instagram right. live tarot performances where like anybody who comes in can like join the discussion and you and do it. Yeah. I'm right there. Yeah. I'm gonna That's do it. So studio week. Studio week. Yeah, exactly. Studio week. Studio week. <laughs> studio week. I'm coming at you later this week. Jose Quirvo doing live readings. <laughs> I think you should. I think I will. That'd be <laughs> fun. Do it. Okay. Have you ever been read, Sean? Sorry, Sam. No, go. Uh, no, I don't think I've ever been read. Um, I, the reason I got into it, there's this woman on Twitter um, who does it for, and this, wow, this is, uh, she, she does it for, the reason like I, I, she came up on, on my feed was because she does it for like NBA games. She, I, oh <laughs> my God, that's amazing. These two incredibly like separate communities. And she's like found this like perfect Venn diagram of people who are interested in NBA basketball and also like tarot cards. So she's like doing tarot readings of like NBA stars. Being like, oh, like LeBron, like, I'm feeling all of this really negative energy like against your matchup against the Clippers. <laughs> like, oh I, my uh, god, Riot, it's great. I can't remember. It really is a fucking market for everything. I'm gonna do tarot yeah. readings about Drag Race. She's but like, see, the her thing is that like I'm certain that she is the only one doing it. Right. Where I'm sure that there are a lot of people do, doing readings for the drag queen world, unfortunately. Right. right. Yeah. I got a corner of the stock market, girl. That's where the money is. That's you true. should. <laughs> that'd be good on like on the on the blockchain. Yeah, girl. And, uh, NFT me, baby. Okay, I still don't know what that is, and maybe we should talk about that next week because yeah, I don't maybe know. we should. Girl, is it? I heard. I at first I thought it meant something. Like I thought the anagram meant something, and then today I saw the words non fungible token, and that's what I think it stands for. And I really thought it meant something else. You're telling me this isn't the Lana Del Rey album? You're telling me this isn't chemtrails over my country club, girl? Over oh, fucking talk well. Um, <laughs> at a business conference. Oh, did you listen to this ridiculous Lana Del Rey album? It is ridiculous. I, I, I need to listen to it. I've been. Uh, have you guys? Wait, have you guys listened to? Um, not to like plug another podcast, but like, have you guys listened to Jamie Loftus? Sure, podcast? Do I have to plug any podcast? No, I don't. <laughs> no, what, okay, what, what is the pod? What podcast? It's Jamie Loftus's Lolita podcast, and she's just doing like a deep cultural study on Lolita. And there is this one episode that's entirely oh. Del Rey, and it's I think it's completely fascinating. And it's completely like I'm like revisiting all these Lana Del Rey songs that I really liked, and I'm just like, oh my god, like this is this is so bad. Oh yeah, Lana's wild. Yeah, I don't know, but it's like she's never divulged or never diverged. Like it's always been this. You know what you're getting. <laughs> I guess I just never like I don't know I never had the, like a close reading of it or like with that lens I don't know mm -hmm. I have a new album that was it good no it's, <laughs> it's not her best work some of it like was definitely meant for later or earlier albums and like that's honestly fine it's not her worst album I would say either I would not say that I've ever really like I don't think that I think I listened to another one of her albums once and I don't remember which album that is um, and I listened to this one on the way to Ryan the Last Dragon. 
Um, and you know, uh, I said this yesterday, but like I've, I I listened to this album with a Lana Del Rey stand, and I listened to the Nick Jonas album with a Nick Jonas stand, and I would rather go back to the Nick Jonas album. Mm, that's iconic. The thing, yeah, it's like she found another layer of Lana Camp, which I, you know, I'm surprised every time she does it, but she really found another stupid, ironic layer of Americana to entertain us all with. Mm-hmm. And that involves, you know, like a song about hooking at a business conference. And it's ridiculous. So, when she was 19 and she wasn't famous yet. It's like, oh my God, Lana. Really? Like, okay. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. There's like a morbid curiosity when it comes to Miss Del Rey. I sure. listened to all of it. I didn't force us to turn it off. <laughs> so that's, you know. Something. I finished it. Vibe, vibe. That's something, for sure. But Norman fucking Rockwell was pretty good. I went to the concert. Irregardless, Sam, Sean, shall we move in to the final segment of the show? Iconic, not iconic. Yes. Very excited. Sean, this is... With the game. Oh. oh. You can go, Joe. Oh, no, I was just asking Sean. Are you familiar oh. with the game? And I was about to launch into an explanation of the game. So whether or not you are familiar, you're about to become pretty intimately familiar. Uh, This is the final segment of the show where we've pre-prepared three topics and we'll go through them one by one. Uh, And Joe and I will say the topic and at the count of three, we'll count down and all three of us will say whether we think that thing is iconic or not iconic. And then we'll discuss in a short form setting uh, about why we chose whether we thought it was iconic or not iconic. Oh my god, yes. Sean, are you ready? Very ready. Let's do it. Sickening. Me first. I will go with uh, microwaves. Three, Three, two, two, one. one. Iconic. Iconic. Okay. Here's the thing. Microwave is how you say it. If you (laughs) listen to Nigella Lawson, which I do. Um... Here's the thing. They are so fucking convenient. The restaurant industry could not exist without them. And I think they only give us a little bit of cancer every time we turn them on. You know, like, they really make a lot of noise, and they say don't stare at them, but they really do get your food to, like, a radiated temperature that's really just warm enough. So, like, not good for pizza, but good for other shit. On a scale from water to mic, on a scale from water to cigarettes, it's a little bit. It's a little <laughs> bit of cancer. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I, I maybe listeners of the podcast don't know this, but uh, maybe like twenty years ago at this point, my mom got rid of our microwave, and so I grew up not having one and never really using one. Um, and obviously it was critically panned at the time. Me and my sister and my dad disagreed with the decision, but ultimately I do, I like that I don't really go to a microwave. Even I, and I did say it was iconic, uh, cause obviously it's a micro, it's a fucking microwave. Obviously it's iconic. But, uh, <laughs> um, in my experience, I do prefer heating stuff up on the stove. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, first off, I what was the reasoning behind your mom getting rid of the microwave? I don't I don't know. But space. She was all about that get rid of shit life. Uh, she probably don't need this. 
my mom loves to get get get, get rid of stuff and uh, have free space. So that's probably what it was. I to I completely understand that having have just moved and the joy of throwing things away. I think is definitely something that resonates. I'm definitely with Joe though on the convenience thing. I love making more food than I need to, and then just like having lunch take like five minutes to prepare. So good. Um, and I think like the radiation thing is like kind of cool and like badass, even though yes, there is like probably a cancer element to it. But I do think it's kind of cool. This like you know, girl, you know, like, meatballs breakfast like a good temperature. My meatballs just got super heated in forty five seconds. That's exactly crazy. It's kind of amazing. Also, it's a clock. That's great. Sometimes you know, I look over and I'm like, I don't. I'm, my hands are covered in like a whatever. digital clock, nonetheless. Too, it's not even hard to read. Exactly. I do think that is the first step on people being comfortable with moving to atomic power. <laughs> I think that people will eventually be like, okay, we have this kind of like bombish thing in our house. Maybe it would be okay if we had like an even bombier thing powering our entire home. So everyone yeah. has a little reactor powering their house. Yeah, or like there's a big reactor central somewhere. Like that's an that's a concept I think that people are like working on and like making because like it's it's very green to do, but it's also very dangerous if anything goes wrong. Yeah, I think like historians like post-apocalyptic will be like, okay, when it, where did it all go wrong? And they'll start with like the except the except well, wave. When as, we like, put uh, uranium in everyone's home. <laughs> That's like Three Mile Island, right? Like that's what it was. They like had a meltdown, right? I don't know. Um, yeah, the Three Mile Island accident accident was a partial meltdown of Reactor Two of Three Mile Island Nuclear Generating Station, um, oh, yeah. which is near Harrisburg. Uh, and I did a report on it in school, which is why I remember it. Is it oh, a no. super fun site now? Huh? Is it a super fun site now? What's well, a super fun site? It's like these places that are so toxic that there's this huge amount oh. of money set by the government to clean them up. No, I think it like ultimately was kind of okay. But I don't know. I don't quote me on that. I don't have any idea. I don't remember anymore. What was it called again? Island. Oh, yeah. So by this logic, if nuclear are nuclear reactors just huge microwaves? Absolutely, girl. Kind of. I just like if I threw like not saying like a whole two minute thing, but if I threw like a link cuisine, just Maybe like like a cup of popcorn in the top. Exactly. <laughs> I think that if you brought a popcorn to Three Mile Island, it would pop. I just, I just held a popcorn bag and just like walk through Chernobyl. Exactly. If you bring your meatballs to Chernobyl, they'll just kind of sizzle like. Oh my gosh! I'm pretty sure Three Mile Island is still up and functioning as a nuclear thing. This but I'm just funny. scanning the uh, Wikipedia page, so don't quote me on it. Um, no, it was shut down in 2019. Okay, so like, oh, yeah. you know. I wonder if it'll get uh, what, what was that? Did HBO do that show, Chernobyl? Chernobyl? Yeah, yeah they did. Regardless, <laughs> microwaves, iconic, Three Mile Island, not iconic, it seems. Joe, what is next? Next up, we have a good jazz combo. Uh, three, three, two, two one. one. Not iconic. 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 I, is um, that is is a jazz combo like a pair of jazz musicians? No, it's like a set of jazz musicians, it's like a jazz band. Oh, okay. 
then like I would say a jazz band is iconic, but a jazz combo is not iconic. <laughs> LOL. Am I using that term right, Sean? I'm not sure actually. You feel... may be, but I truly have never heard it before. Okay. I don't know. Um, I do know that I said iconic was because I at work that I started like work from home. Um, I would like can just like play music out loud and not have to worry about like it annoying people in the office. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because I work as a copywriter, I can't like, I unfortunately like can't listen to music with lyrics and write at the same time or else I will write down the lyrics that I'm listening yeah. to. Uh, so I just would just like throw on, I like started just throw on YouTube, like those classic, like 90 oh, minutes. Jazz. Oh yeah. And then like eventually like the algorithm just like is constantly hurtling me towards jazz. Yeah. So, like I have throughout the pandemic have regrettably, like I have like a taste for jazz now. That's fierce. That's not regrettable. I think that jazz is good. Uh, my go-to non-lyrical uh, music is electronic, though. Mm. I like. I get it, but I definitely think it's like kind of like a punchline, like a little bit. What is jazz? Like just jazz in general. Oh like, yeah, sure. So that's the only reason I said regrettably, but I do like it. Like I've been like, yeah, like a good jazz thing. I like. I'm at the point where it's like, oh, like the algorithm has pointed me to like. It's just like auto-played like albums that'll be like, oh, I'm just gonna put that on instead. And so I'm like typing in like the Bill Evans trio or like things like that. Go off. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I really appreciate jazz from afar. I need to like dive in for reals. But I guess people make fun of it. I think it's, it's rap. Yeah, I think it's just like, I don't know. It sounds ridiculous, that's why. But yeah. like listen to what I listen to on a daily basis and tell me yeah. about like ridiculous music. Yeah. You have excellent taste, Joe. Thank you, babes. I like to think so. But I just I just love that meme that it's like, you know, um, gay people when the worst song you've ever heard comes on. You know, I really vibe with that energy. And it's like gay people going crazy or? Yeah, it's like gay people going crazy, but like straight people, they're like, what is, like, it sounds like something's exploding and I'm like, I'm going so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, last up, we have Ariana Grande's most recent album, Positions. Wow. Pacific. Three. Three, two, two one. one. Not, not iconic. iconic. It sucks. It sucks. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> no, it sucks that it's not iconic. I'm sorry. Oh. I have not even heard the album. I don't think it sucks. I haven't heard it. <laughs> you haven't even listened to it? Girl, no. What am I going to listen to Positions for right now, girl? I don't know. I don't know. I heard, like, 34, 35, like, a million times. Yeah. I've listened, like, you catch me saying, so what is it? Like I am, like I'm here with the singles girl, but no, I never really listen to the album. I'm fake. I'm fake. I've always been a fake Ariana Stan, though. Wow. Should we do an Ariana Stan quiz uh, segment, Joe? I think we should, <laughs> and see if I can pass. Um, unfortunately, I don't think that I would be able to come up with questions. You came up with the Gaga Stan quiz questions off the top of your head, so we it, it, it wouldn't work. Maybe but... we can recruit an Ariana Stan. I think that would be good. Um, but for me, who has listened to the album, honestly, I think that, like Joe said, the singles, or maybe one single specific, I feel like 34, 35 has staying power, but then the rest of it didn't 
really hitting the way that I was wanting it to, even though it, I did enjoy it. It just wasn't, it's not iconic to me in the way that Sweetener and Thinking Next both were, and Dangerous Woman, and all of the albums previously. So maybe I just need to live with it for a little bit longer before I make a final say, but it does seem to me that it is not going to live in infamy like I wished it would. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat with you guys. I listened to it once when I was making dinner and then never revisited it other than 35 or 34 just because that song was inescapable. Yeah. Um, and like other the remix is great. With Do Doja Cat's on that, right? Yeah. And Megan. Oh, Megan. Okay, got it. Um, yeah, that remix is good. The video was fun. I remember I did watch that. Yeah. Like, this is cool. And I do um, like the position. I do like positions. Like the more I listen to it, the song. At first, I was like, maybe this is not it, but no, I, and this is her favorite music to make. You know what I mean? Like, she loves that, like, R&B vibe, which, yeah. like, go off. But maybe, yeah, it's not her, like, most flashy and iconic era of all time. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. But, and I'm glad that she's making the music she wants to make. I guess it's, what was I about to draw an allusion to previously discussed? Uh, now I love, oh, it's like, it's, well, okay, I feel like. Um, this is her art so No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kind I guess kind of though but so I feel like with like Sweetener Dangerous Woman this is her being like the astrology tweets like doing stuff that like people will relate to and like just sort of everybody music and now she's sort of doing what she wants to do which is in its own way iconic and I just for me the album it produced was not iconic <laughs> what, do you guys have like a favorite Ariana uh, album or I guess not an album that's too like broad well, it's so hard, but I do still, like, even though Sweetener and Thank You Next are both so good, I do think I would say that Dangerous Woman is still my favorite Ariana Grande album. It's so good from, I mean, all three of them are great, but, like, Dangerous Woman is incredible. Like I said, I'm a fake Ariana stan, so I'm going to have to say Sweetener. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That alone, that alone is a commentary, I feel like, on, on her yeah. On her like her fan base like all oh, the fake ones we all love sweetener right like kind of i don't know like i love no tears love to cry i love i love that album like i love the songs on that album it slays and yeah. like the whole upside down vibe she was just kind of you know she knew that she was culture and she knew that she was cueing culture and she gave it to us it did come out at the peak of her fame yeah. um and i think that that's an interesting thing to it was the soundtrack to fame, but it was a melancholy soundtrack like she, you know she is iconic i love ariana i just like do need to learn the music better i think and i should re-listen to positions um i'm sorry to positions heads who are hearing this yeah but it had to be discussed none of us i feel like have given it a chance <laughs> i know she deserves more from us I listened to it. Anyway. I feel like I have listened to it. I can't speak for you, Sam. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the wonderful, wonderful show. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for having me. This has been such a treat. I was looking forward to this all week. You slayed our judge, Sean. Literally, it is so good to see your face. And I hope to see it at IRL. Yeah. Post-vaccination come through. Come on. Gotta fly to the Midwest. Um, before we go, gotta remind everyone to go out there and get tested or vaccinated if you are within your uh, 
you know, state's zone of allowance for vaccination. Um, I'm unfortunately not yet, so I'm not there. Uh, but it also reminding everybody to get registered to vote. Uh, you got to get, I mean, I, I know it's not a pressing issue currently. I don't really know if any elections are coming up, but get, get registered to vote just in case you got one coming soon. Um, and finally, oh, they're trying to take away the right to vote everywhere, girl. Just make sure you register. Make sure. Um, finally, give money and time and effort back to the cause you believe in. I think that there are a lot of great, great uh, AAPI resources out there right now who could e definitely use your funds um, or, you know, reach out to people or, uh, you know, just analyze your uh, cultural biases, honestly, would be a good place to start. Absolutely. Where do you sit in the culture? And, you know, maybe it, uh, maybe you should just fucking listen instead of, you know, uh, speaking about your place in the culture sometimes. So I love it. Big facts. Sean, what can people look at that you put out there or where are you plugging up, etc.? Where's your internet address, young man? Yeah. So if you want to read my writing, you can go to seanmcgowanwrites.com. It's all there. Um, or you can just follow me on Twitter, I guess, is probably the easiest thing, at Sean, uh, S-E-A-N, Macgo, M-A-C-G-O. And that's about it. I don't have, like, a cool podcast to plug or anything, but, you know, just come say hi. How about? You have a website. That's cool. We don't have a website. I do have a website. It's like, not a great website, though. There's not a lot of games or anything cool on there. It's just a list of links. Girl, you gotta get Mirka Chase on there. <laughs> Sean is an amazing writer, though. He's very funny. Everyone should read his shit. Especially the one about um, gender variance performers. Like, that fucking article rock rocked my shit. Do you remember that? I yeah, I did. I, that was the rare, like, not funny thing I wrote. But I wrote yeah, it wasn't funny, but it was, like, about gender performance in pop stars. And I was like, I love this. Yeah, no, I think that's... I really like pop music so as you can tell but uh yeah that was a fun one to write i did a lot of research and just listened to a lot of pop music so it was cool well that sounds like a great holding hands with the topic of today's episode for real seas it was it was great talked about friends everybody right yeah, yeah. regardless of the fact you can follow this podcast at word on the str8s on instagram and you can follow me at queer vogue queen on instagram and twitter I'm at Sam Sanish on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow my other podcast at Better Jurors Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We are barreling through the end of Avatar The Last Airbender. Come on. Uh, we have like six episodes left before we're done. And yeah. it's very exciting um, figuring out what we're going to do next. But also, uh, next week, you can catch me on, as I previously mentioned, Bojack Horse Pod. I recap season one, episode 11 of Bojack Horseman with my dear friend Kristen McKinnis and her co host. Uh, it was so fun. Uh, yeah. And I felt like I said some very wise things. So, <laughs> you know, get over there and check out my media analysis if you don't get enough of that. Come on, wisdom. Sean, thank you so much for being here today, bitch. It's been lovely. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been an absolute treat. And I can't wait to see you guys in real life soon. Me too. Love you, Lion. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.